This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Rami Amuthan, Kelly McDonald, we are the hosts of the show. And I have to ask, as we were talking about the uh, Botanical Garden, the Van Dusen Botanical Garden in Vancouver, when I asked the question and we think about fall, it really, I, I kept picturing it, being there, hearing the voices, but the sounds, the smells, and what Carol was saying about the textures. And I don't really think a lot about textures other than leaves and stuff like that in the fall, but here... Um, but when you think about the smell of the fall, uh, such wonderful things. Do you have a, a favorite smell of the fall? Mm, pie? Okay, I don't know. But I, I did go on a really... Outside. Well, you can buy pies outside. <laughs> yeah, just like bakery smells, anything. Off those no, food honestly, trucks. No, <laughs> honestly, roasting, <laughs> roasting vegetables, stuff like that. But aside from food, I did go on a really nice... Very early walk this morning, Kels. It was like the break of dawn, you know, 7 a.m., so dark outside, but it was lovely. The smell and the crunch of the leaves. So, what smell? I don't know. It's like the dampness smell, smell. the fall dampness, because that's heavy. I like the uh, fresh leaf smell that some almost, well, and they probably are, um, from maple trees, the maple smell. Oh, I love that too. That is here in Toronto. What? Get Did Toronto move out of Canada? Canada? What happened? Of course you get it. Do we? It oh, just I've smells smelled different it in Toronto. From... Okay, well, I have you. Well, that's because the subway blows it. it all around if you're downtown yeah. and you got the streetcar electric smell. You know, I'm, no, you, I've smelled it. You, you know, again, depends where you are. Uh, you certainly, I, I can't just. It. Yeah. yeah, because it's a wonderful smell. Leaves, though, I will say, they can be a bit of a drag. Anyway, uh, I digress as uh, we, we get into uh, more of Kelly and Company. Ramya? On the third Monday of every month, we're visited by Leanne Barda, our independent living skills specialist. And this is a monthly talk. And this is kind of the month of Halloween. So that's the topic today, accessible Halloween fun. Leanne, we have so much on our plate to get through today. This is awesome. I know. So I'm looking forward to talking about it because Halloween is one of the things I really enjoy. And now that I have two young daughters, I can live vicariously through them and enjoy it Mm -hmm. all over again. So I thought, you know, why not talk about Halloween this month? Because there's so many things we can do to make it inclusive. So why don't we just jump right into it? Okay, awesome. And so much highlight for sensory-friendly inclusion during this conversation, right? So let's start with the kinds of activities we can try out uh, with our friends, our family, at home. For sure. So some of the activities we can do, we want to create multi-sensory games for children who are blind or partially sighted. So if you're designing a haunted house, make sure to add spooky sounds or music or tactile objects on the floor like bubble wrap or uh, bowls with slime in them or, you know, anywhere you can make the path change with a different texture just to make it more exciting. You want to create a, like an element of fun and surprise, even, uh, you know, for everybody who's uh, who's trying to participate. Mm-hmm. Um Older kids might enjoy watching, um, you know, those uh, audio-described Halloween movies or horror movies, which I personally will skip. Um, with with your um, with your described video turned on, you can all get spooked up together, and um, then maybe I can sort of avoid all the scary parts. 
Ah, uh, well, okay, I guess you won't be tuning in, but on Wednesday, Greg David, our TV guy, is going to talk about some awesome ones to check out. There's so many new releases on conventional TV and streaming, so check that out Wednesday oh, wow. if you're wondering. I know, good tease, good tease. Okay, now we've yeah. talked about pumpkin carving in the past. There are some yeah. good alternatives, too, that you have lined I up. I have been seeing so many alternatives to actually carving pumpkins these days. Like, I was in Buffalo a little while ago, and there were so many cool little, like, uh, sticker kits or uh, Mr. Pumpkin, uh, like Mr. Potato Head style pieces where you just kind of mm. uh, poke them into the pumpkin. Uh, you can use clay, you can use uh, the new stickers and painting is a new a new one. I saw one that was painted like an eyeball and it was so cool. And they did, they painted it white and then they, you can use a stencil to make like the iris and then they painted that part blue and, and with the black pupil and they put some like red lines to make the veins it was really neat wow so depending on how how creative you want to get you can even get like glow in the dark paint and so your pumpkin can glow in the dark even with that candle it'll look really awesome nice and you know there's tools that always come about but if we're not really about using uh knives what else can we use to kind of get into our pumpkins so there are a lot of these pumpkin carving kits, but I find like the little saws and the little tools they include are a little bit flimsy and they kind of fall apart. Uh, for people who are like really serious enthusiasts, they have like these um, sort of like plug-in Dremel tools with different different parts on it. But um, one part that I always find that is such a pain in the butt is scooping out all the innards from the pumpkin. And uh, now people have suggested using an ice cream scoop to get in there. And oh, true. It's so much easier because if you imagine the scoop is already curved, so it's going to get in there and get all those parts. So like, you know, the I find that the the ribs inside where all the, all the seeds stick are really hard to get out sometimes. So with that ice cream scoop, it's going to go right through it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. Another thing you can do is um, use different shaped cookie cutters and a rubber mallet to sort of punch out the desired shapes. So once your pumpkin walls have been scraped a little bit thinner, then those uh, those the metal cookie cutters will go through really nicely and you can get make um eyes in the shape of bats or in the shape of ghosts or like you can do all kinds of really neat little things that's fun Uh and we already talked about the painting any specific kinds of paint um i think you can use acrylic and just make sure your pumpkin is really dry before you start or your paint is gonna kind of get smudged so just give it a good dry with a nice paper towel and um before you start and then some people if you're not sure what the colors are you can add scents to each of the paints so if it's brown paint you could add some cinnamon if it's red you can add a little bit of cherry uh, kool-aid powder like different things like that just to add another layer of accessibility I love that idea just in general right because you might kind of memorize what colors are where and then forget about it but this is because it's seasonal too to talk about scent in the fall this is a really fun time Okay, cool. Yeah. So this is one great thing to do with the family. What else can we try with the family? All right. So family fun. So we can do uh, pumpkin spice scented slime or a homemade pumpkin spice Play-Doh. That's always a good one. Uh, for our little ones, we can do a fall sensory tray or bin. So you can either put flour or lentils or any of those things and then mm. throw in a little bit of cinnamon, nutmeg, some cinnamon sticks, some mini gourds or little baby pumpkins. Uh, some leaves and other fall items and then have some scoops and shovels. This is all really good early ILS skills for measuring and scooping and all the future kitchen skills. So right. you may as well make make it fun. 
Um, when your Halloween is over, you can actually use the pumpkins as a planter. So add some dirt and some seeds or different herbs and then give your pumpkins some new life. That's a fun idea. I love that because then you can keep it going uh, kind of through the, the winter months. How about ghosts? Cotton ball ghosts. Yeah. So you're going to take some cardstock. You're going to cut out some ghost shapes. You're going to pull apart some cotton balls. You're going to glue it to the cardboard and then have some large googly eyes glued on and whatever other spooky items you, you like. And you can make like a spooky scene with it if you want. Uh, same fun. thing with the, the mummy, the gauze mummy. You want a clean toilet paper roll, um, some different, some brown or black paint all the way around and some glue. And you put some uh, googly eyes and some uh, roller gauze around it to make your own mummy. That's so fun. And you can make some kind of a game night out of Halloween as well. Oh, for sure. So like there's the Halloween tic-tac-toe, which I've seen at Dollarama and it's, it's highly contrasted and it's very large print. So you can, you can play around with that just to make it a little bit easier. Maybe add some adhesive Velcro so that the, the parts stick better. Um, a really cool Halloween snack is uh, cutting off some apple slices and putting them onto a lollipop stick and dip it into some melted caramel or chocolate sauce. So you have your Yum. own little like mini caramel apples. Um, you can add sprinkles and M&Ms and chocolate chips, gummies, whatever you want to do. And or um, you can do brownies. So, you know, whether you make it from a box or from scratch, you can make spooky brownies by adding the candy eyes. And you can add, you know, some different um, sprinkles that look like scars, like whatever you want to do. Or you can make it, even make the candy eyes into braille letters. So, oh, yeah, perfect. So many, so many options. Yes, and educational. So, I mean, there are a lot of different crafts and things that people can try out. But one thing we want to encourage people to do is be safe when they're going out trick-or-treating. Yeah, so one of the big things that's come out in the last little while is you want to avoid using colored contacts and applying anything to the eye or eye area, like flash eyelashes or anything like that, because it can irritate and cause uh, possible damage to the eye. So we want to be aware of that. Um, We want to make sure our footwear is... uh, it has good grip and that it won't cause a tripping hazard. Um, you want to bring a bright light LED lantern, headlamp, or flashlight to illuminate your path. So you make sure the areas that are darker and, and keep you safe while you're using your cane. Um, teens should probably consider going out with a, a, a group of friends for safety reasons and have friends who are comfortable with providing sighted guide from, you know, some of those streets can be a little bit darker or maybe, you know, you're not seeing the curbs and drop-offs well enough. So, you know, it's good to have a group of people you trust while you're out there. Mm-hmm. And it's not no. really like, oh, you know, Halloween, because we're being safe, it's no longer fun anymore. These can be implemented no. into your costumes, right? You're just considering oh, how to help yourself and others. Right. And so if you have a child who's been blind since birth, you know, talking about the different popular characters. So a lot of the kids have no idea. Like if you've never seen Paw Patrol or if you've never seen... Uh, Superman or right. or He-Man or any of these guys. So maybe talk to them ahead of time and say, look, Paw Patrol is really popular right now. It's about dogs. They look like this. And they have these special abilities or powers. And, you know, you talk about what makes them special. And so that way they're not left out of the loop. And so when their friends are talking about it, they know exactly, you know, what's going on and what they look like and what's special about them. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was younger, I was uh sleeping beauty i think mm-hmm. and the thing is sleeping beauty was a big deal so i wanted to be her right and i wanted to be princess or yeah. whatever but i didn't know what that meant you know what color is my dress do people know that i'm not just some generic character off of disney exactly. like all these different determining characteristics awesome you can also use a lot of technology these days to help have the fun yeah oh yeah for sure you have your smartphone we you can play spooky sound effects and then talk about what they mean you can put in your pocket and play sounds that go with your costume, like lightsaber sounds or roaring lion sounds, all different things like that, just to add an extra auditory component. Um, so one thing that homeowners should be aware of is that when um, you know someone has a disability, whether it's physical, visual, any sort of thing, um, that if possible, they should come down to the end of the driveway to meet trick-or-treaters who, have, who may not be able to get up the stairs or who may have more issues with that. So... Often there's a lot of things on the stairs or people put decorations, not mm. thinking about someone who, you know, may not see them. And it could be frightening for a, for a kid. Suddenly they're, they're going up the stairs and this thing comes out and goes, Whoa! and scared, you know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, so, it's supposed to be scary, but also it can be pretty scary. Yes. Yeah. And unsafe. Yeah. And especially you have a little one that could be, you know, the end of, of Halloween because they, they've been you know, traumatized by whatever that's scary right. thing that uh, they weren't expecting. Yeah. Um, Liam, before we let you go, yeah. these are fantastic tri- uh, uh, tricks and tips. Can we get through some snack ideas? Yeah. So pizza fingers. Uh, so once your pizza is ready, cut it in half in finger-like strips and then add triangle cut pieces of red pepper to look like fingernails. Um, you can do a veggie dip. Um, served in a hollowed out mini pumpkin to dip from. And this one's kind of cool. Salty bones made with refrigerated breadsticks and just kind of slit them in half and make little flaps to look like bones and serve them with a nice warm bowl of soup. Oh, that sounds so good. This is amazing. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate the the inclusivity factors to like uh, leaving the containers of candy out so that people don't have to take the stairs or go down your um, driveway to get to them. Um, but also some other familiarity factors, right? Like going around to neighbors that you know and friends and family that you know and making Halloween feel a bit familiar. And that's great for all uh, kinds exactly. of kids going out. Exactly. And this is awesome. Yeah. Really appreciate your time and bringing these up uh, every year. It's fun to recap the Halloween fun. Yeah, well, happy Halloween, everyone. Have have a safe uh, time out there. Thank you. Thank you. You too with your kids. Leanne Barda is our independent living skills specialist who stops by on the third Monday of every month. And we were chatting Halloween fun, inclusive style. Oh, man. Always love Halloween. So many great ideas there. Take advantage of all of them, folks. Coming up next, Brenda McPhail, Director of the Privacy, Technology, and Surveillance Program for the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, discusses the use and misuse of facial recognition technology with Daniel McLaughlin on Know Your Rights next. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.